the go-home show to AEW Dynamite and Rampage Grand Slam is now in the books. I'm going to review Rampage, give you some brand new highlight reel rankings, and the wrestler of the week for this week is none other than Dr. DMD herself, Britt Baker. I'm going to get my great value brand narrator voice ready to tell the story of how this incredible woman maintains a career as a professional wrestler and as a practicing dentist. Plus, I've got some news on John Cena's quote-unquote catastrophic failure. His own words, the fallen angel Christopher Daniels is in the news. Apparently, he was at another company's TV tapings. Hmm. Plus, I'd be remiss if I didn't react to the horrendous controversy going on right now about the dark side of the ring plane ride from hell episode rick flair is uh <laughs> let, let's just say andrade el idolo is gonna have to patch things up with chavo guerrero because i don't think rick flair is gonna come in to be his manager now <laughs> not anytime soon plus tommy dreamer practically commits career suicide i'm gonna jump right into that right here right now on the highlight reel So I was bombarded last night. I, I seen all the tweets. I got a bunch of notifications from all the tweets and posts on Instagram, even on my feed. I was seeing everything uh, regarding the dark side of the ring, plane ride from hell episode. Ric Flair, pretty much he's canceled now in 2021. The episode shed some light on a few things that Certainly, I didn't know. I mean, I, I had long heard of the plane ride from hell stuff. Um, I heard about the scuffle between Brock Lesnar and Kurt Henning. I heard about uh, the Michael Hayes stuff, the JBL stuff on the flight. I I always I I've known about the the ribs, right? The ribs, practical jokes and whatnot that the boys do, the wrestlers do with each other. And I, I've you know, known about all that stuff. But on the part of Ric Flair, not only revealing himself to the boys, but then approaching a woman, a flight attendant, on the flight. And basically cornering her at, in the back of the plane and grabbing her hand. And forcing her to touch his junk. That's something I did not know. You know what I mean? I heard about his helicopter spin stuff or whatever. Which I don't know how another man, another heterosexual man could, could get a kick out of that. Out of seeing a man, another man spinning his penis. Um, you know, that ain't, that ain't my type of humor. I, everybody's different. I don't know. I don't get that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't find that humorous or, or entertaining in the slightest, but I mean, I don't know, different strokes for different blokes. <laughs> no pun intended. But, uh, uh, one thing that was surprising to me though, out of this more so than the Ric Flair controversy actually was Tommy Dreamer also appearing in the headlines and in all over my feed on Twitter and Reddit and people just 
disgusted with Tommy Dreamer's appearance. So upon seeing all of this stuff, I had to give that Dark Side of the Ring episode a watch myself. Uh, which, by the way, I do watch Dark Side of the Ring. I don't watch it when it airs live because I don't have cable TV. <laughs> I'm the ultimate cord cutter, you know. I, I, I have Netflix, I have Amazon Prime, I have Disney+, Plus, I have HBO Max, um, I have Peacock. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I don't have cable. I already have enough subscriptions, you know what I mean? But um, I do own the first season of Dark Side of the Ring on my Amazon Prime. Um, but I, I, yeah, so I don't watch Dark Side of the Ring episodes live in full effect when they happen. So I found it on YouTube and I watched the episode myself. And I gotta say, uh, first of all, I can't defend Ric Flair. I can't defend him at all. You know, there's there's nothing I can say to defend that man and what he did, you know, and, and I've been seeing other people defending him. I've been seeing there's a few morons out there, you know, passing it off as it, it was 20 years ago. Oh, my God. It was 20 years ago. It was a different time. Like, bro, <laughs> bro, I don't care if this is it doesn't matter what time frame this happened on. You can't make another person grab your genitals. You can't force another person's hand to grab your genitals. And then Tommy Dreamer, uh, on the flip side, Tommy Dreamer over here making that out to be a joke, a gag. I, his, his exact words, he said, um, let's see if I can find the quote here. I'm sorry, hold on a second. He said, Okay, so I can't find Tommy Dreamer's exact quote. So I'm going to try my... Uh, this is going to be a rough uh, uh, quote here. Um, but he basically said, you know, oh, Ric Flair was just joking. He, he was just doing his style and profiling jazz. You know what I mean? He meant no offense. I've never seen him uh, uh, sexually provoke anybody. Um, he was just doing his thing. It was just a gag. But apparently some people were seriously, somebody was seriously offended by it. And then he would say, if, if, if she really was felt harmed, if she really felt violated, she wouldn't have taken a payout. That's my opinion. And the way he said that too, I, I actually do have the exact quote. I'm going to get into it in the news section. Um, but he he had this look on his face like he was disgusted but in actuality i was disgusted by what he just said you know it's it's one thing to 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 say i've never seen rick flair um do any kind of sexual uh, um harm to anybody i never seen rick flair sexually assault anybody that's one thing. But for him to sit there and say, well, if she really felt violated, she would have never taken a payout. Referring to the settlement. WWE settled out of court for these 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 things. First of all, just to clarify something, her husband was the one who told her to settle out of court because they wanted to remain as uh, anonymous as possible. They did not want to be... In the public eye, which they would have been. Obviously, if you're suing WWE and you're going to take it to the courtroom. Um, or suing Ric Flair, who was at that time 
you know, in a big push. She was like the general manager of Raw or something like that. This was way back when. Um, you know what I mean? She she would have been on the news, okay? This would have been a news piece. Uh, but instead, they settled out of court because they wanted to keep their anonymity. They had They just had a daughter. They wanted to protect their daughter's privacy as well as their own privacy. And that's completely understandable. And and even, I mean, forget about the whole privacy thing. Forget about that. I, I need to tell you right now, just because somebody accepts a payout does not mean there was no harm nor foul. You know, it doesn't mean that there was no damage done. You know what I'm saying? You've seen this chick tearing up and getting emotional on the episode. And I, I, you know, some clowns out there were saying, oh, well, why is she barely talking about, why is she barely talking about it now? The show contacted her to give her testimony. You clown. How is she not going to talk about it? She's on the show to present her experience and what she went through. How is she not going to talk about it? You expect her to, to, you know, come onto a show and just, you know. Come on, man. I'm sure if Dark Side of the Ring wasn't a thing, she wouldn't be talking about it. But they obviously contacted her so she could recount her story and what she experienced. Which, by the way, was corroborated by Rob Van Dam, who was on the same flight. He corroborated the story. He said he's seen him with his own eyes. He's seen Ric Flair getting all up on her and, um, you know... Trying to make her grab his junk. He said that on the show. So for for all those people out there also that, oh, there's no evidence. Or, or Tommy Dreamer talking about, I've never seen him do anything. You, you had to have Dustin Rhodes or Dustin Reynolds grab Ric Flair and tell him to chill out and get him off of her. Because he was, you know, provoking her. And that was also revealed on the same show. So, you know, Ric Flair's controversy is is obviously as terrible as it sounds. But to me, the most the most hurtful thing that came out of this episode to me was Tommy Dreamer's comments. I gotta say, you know, and I never would have expected that to come out of Tommy Dreamer's mouth because to me, he just seems like he's got such a level head. You know, he's got a good head on his shoulders, it would seem. I, I listen to him on Busted Open Radio. He seems so intelligent and, and has good judgment and good judge of uh, content of character. I never in my wildest imagination would have expected those words to come out of Tommy Dreamer's mouth. And and then And then to make matters worse, he equated being offended by sexual harassment to being offended by his stupid ponytail... You know, he was trying to really paint it like, oh, everybody just gets offended these days. I mean, bro, you know, you can't equate sexual harassment. Clearly, sexual harassment. This this, this dude put another woman's hand on his genitals. And you're equating that, oh, well, of course people are going to get offended. Nowadays, people are offended by everything, even by my ponytail look. And, and he shows his stupid ponytail on camera. It, how does this man have no awareness, no self-awareness whatsoever, no judgment, like no common sense? Like, bro, you just committed career suicide right now. 
And and it's and it's official. Impact Wrestling has indefinitely suspended Tommy Dreamer, which means there ain't no telling when or if he'll be back with the promotion after his comments on Dark Side of the Ring, and rightfully so. I never want to see that man on my TV ever again. Um, he has a real punchable face now, something I never realized before until watching this episode with that smug look on his face when he made those disgusting comments. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and and listen, I'm I'm not the type of person that gets offended easily. I'm not. I know. Look, I know. Like a few episodes ago, I was talking about Tessa Blanchard and how I think cancel culture. Yes, I threw out the phrase cancel culture, but I wasn't throwing it out to try and not take accountability for something like these clowns do. What I meant by I think cancel culture is terrible today because it doesn't give people like Tessa Blanchard. The opportunity to apologize and make up for their wrongdoings or what they were being accused for. That's all I was saying. I think Tessa Blanchard should be given a platform to take accountability, take responsibility, and apologize for the things that she's been accused of. But in the part of Tommy Dreamer, you know, trying to paint this whole situation like, it, like you know, sexual harassment is something that there's no justifying sexual assault sexual violation you know we're, we're not just talking about well Heidi Doyle the flight attendant she said it herself she doesn't think Ric Flair was trying to rape her or anything like that but he did grab her hand and put it on his dick on his genitals that's something you can't do <laughs> I shouldn't have to say that <laughs> that's common sense and I'm just laughing at how ridiculous the whole thing sounds. But, you know, because some people out there, some clowns are still confused as to why this is a thing right now. Why this is a big deal. Oh, it happened 20 years ago. I don't care. You know what I mean? You have people that killed somebody and get away with it. And then 40 years later, they finally get convicted because our technology has advanced. They found their freaking DNA. And you know what I mean? Justice is served. Everybody gets their comeuppance in the end. I'm a firm believer in karma. You know, I know I sound corny right now saying that, but I, I do. I, I firmly believe in karma. Um, you know, both the good and the bad and what you do is going to come back to you. At some point in time, one way or the other, this is no exception. I don't care if this happened 20 years ago. That's not something to scoff at. That's not something to, to look the other way and be like, oh, wow, well, yeah, boys will be boys. Come on, man. You, you just sexually violated somebody. That's not one of those situations where you can say, oh, well, the snowflakes, the cancel culture, they just want to be offended at something. No, motherfucker, this is something to be very offended by. You know what I mean? So, I got to tell you, man, um, that was very shocking to me. It's like I said, I, I listen to Tommy Dreamer on the Busted Open radio show along with Dave LaGreca, Mark Henry, and Bully Ray. And I, I never would have thought something as as ridiculous as this would come out of his mouth. That was that was a real eye-opener. Um, <clears throat> I got to tell you, man, the dark side of the ring, I'm, I'm wondering if at this point people are going to even want to give interviews on that show now. <laughs> that show's steady catching bodies over here, you know, killing people's careers. And it's not the show, it's them. Tommy Dreamer, how do you, how in the world did he think this was a good idea? 
to say something like that. You know, I mean, listen, listen. Everybody has the right to believe whatever they want to believe and think the way they want to think. That's fine, but keep it to yourself, pal. You know what I'm saying? You don't say something like that on national TV. What did he think was going to happen? Like, I'm really, real talk. I'm sitting here just thinking to myself. And, and as I was watching the show, I was sitting there. I mean, first of all, as I was watching, I, I mean, I gave both Flair and Tommy Dreamer the benefit of the doubt. But as the show went on, of course, I immediately um, wrote Ric Flair off at that point. I was like, wow, wow, what he did was terrible. But then Tommy Dreamer... You know, as he was talking in his interview segments, I was thinking to myself, why are people making a big deal out of Tommy Dreamer? He ain't said nothing out of pocket yet, um, as far as I can tell. And then, of course, towards the end of the episode, when he made that disgusting comment, oh, well, if she really felt hurt or she really felt violated, she wouldn't have settled. She wouldn't, you know, that's my opinion. Um, come on, bro. You're, you're a clown. You're disgusting to say something like that, man. Um... And, you know, that's his doing. Uh, he he probably killed his career right there with that comment. Because I, I know I certainly don't ever want to see Tommy Dreamer on my TV again. Um, whether it's with Impact, MLW, or whatever, you know, clown-ass, bum-ass, hardcore wrestling promotion he wrestles for. You know what I mean? I, I never want to see him again. You know, because that was, that was something very hurtful to say. You know what I mean? That was something that there's no justifying. There's no way to rectify something like that. I mean, he could apologize. It's going to take some time. I, I'm a firm believer in that everybody should receive the opportunity to redeem themselves. As I said, I don't want to be a hypocrite here. You know what I mean? And say, oh, well, Tommy Dreamer doesn't deserve a platform. He does in, in time. It's going to take some time now because this is way too fresh. You know what I'm saying? Um... He's going to have to lay low for a while. He still hasn't commented on his appearance on Dark Side of the Ring. As of this recording, he still has yet to make any comment, whether it be on Twitter, on Instagram, social media, any of the dirt sheets. He has not commented on this controversy. Uh, so, yeah, he's going to lay low for a minute, and he's going to have to. You know what I mean? He's going to have to, you know... Uh, find another job, because Impact Wrestling, they, they suspended him indefinitely. And it would be smart for them to not have him back. Not anytime soon. You know, I, I don't wish nobody to lose their job or anything. But like I said, you know, you deserve the repercussions for what comes out of your mouth. And any action you do in life, even if it is just words that come out of your mouth, you're going to pay the price. Everything in life has a price. Even the thoughts that you think in your mind. <laughs> I'm getting philosophical here. But let's move on, man. I, that's that's um, that's something that's going to be trending for a little minute now. Um, it remains to be seen if Dark Side of the Ring <laughs> kills anyone else's career. We'll see. Highlight Reel Rankings. I got some brand new ones. What are the Highlight Reel Rankings? It's simple. These are the guys that have the most interesting things going on in the business right now. One way or the other, in my opinion. At number 5, CM Punk. He's been on the Highlight Reel Rankings for a minute. But justifiably so now. Because his feud with Team Taz. I'm definitely looking forward to what he can do with Will Hobbs coming up. As well as Ricky Starks. We all know that's where the road is going to lead to. A big feud between Ricky Starks and CM Punk. And everybody is so high on Ricky Starks. I've seen comparisons of him to The Rock. 
I don't get that at all. In fact, I don't understand any of the hype for Ricky Starks because the little bit of him that I've seen, I don't see anything particularly special about him or anything that stands out. So this is exciting for me because if anybody could bring him out, it's CM Punk. You know what I'm saying? He could have a big coming out party against CM Punk and I could truly see what this kid can do and I cannot wait. At number four is Miro, the Redeemer. This guy right here, let me tell you. Miro is in rare form right now, guys. He is absolutely a star, man. And I would not mind him dropping the TNT title to Sammy Guevara at some point, maybe at full gear, and him going directly to the AEW championship picture. I'm telling you right now, I would not mind it at all. I will still stick to my guns as far as Adam Page being the guy who should dethrone Kenny Omega. In spite of the fact that Brian Danielson will have a match, a monumental match with Kenny Omega at Grand Slam. Um, needless to say, Brian Danielson should not win the title off of Kenny Omega. It should be a returning Adam Page who I am suspecting will make a return at that Grand Slam event. But only time will tell. But Miro, my goodness, what more can I say? You already know, this guy is firing on all cylinders. You love to see it. At number three is Britt Baker. You want to talk about firing on all cylinders? She is the face of the women's division in AEW. And although I will say, you know, the women's division has long been criticized as being one of the weaker points of AEW programming. They are, excuse me, they are upping the ante okay the women's division say that um you know ruby soho i i'm i'm beginning to come around to her now i've been saying for the past few weeks that she needs to show me something she needs to show me that she's worthy to be in the ring with Britt baker after their exchange on rampage last night which i'm gonna get into she's won me over and now i'm excited to see Britt baker and ruby soho tear the house down for the women's strap um Britt Baker, though, as of right now, she is undoubtedly miles ahead of the pack in AEW's women's division. At number two, the best in the world, Kenny Omega. It ain't CM Punk. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm the biggest CM Punk mark there is. But Kenny Omega is single-handedly the best wrestler in the world today, bar none. And it ain't even close. You know, uh, Kenny Omega actually ranked number one, PWI 500, best wrestlers. So... He's on this list. He's going to be on this list for a minute. Win or lose against Brian Danielson. Come Grand Slam. I suspect there's going to be shenanigans. But you guys are in for a treat with that match. And at number one, you already know. You already know. I don't got to say it. Brian Danielson is at number one. Of course. How can he not be making his epic debut at AEW All Out? Closing the show as the fans freaking went wild. I mean... In his theme song, I love his new theme song. Uh, I think it's perfect for him. I don't get the, the haters out there that, that ain't feeling his theme song. I love it. I think it's great. But Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega are going to tear the whole freaking arena down. The stadium down, I should say. Arthur Ashe, New York, next week. My body is ready. Oh, my goodness. That's the highlight reel rankings for you. Let's jump right into the Rampage review, shall we? The show kicks off with the AEW Tag Team Championship matchup. And for whatever reason, Taz and Ricky Starks are out there on commentary, along with, of course, Excalibur and Chris Jericho, who seem to be the regulars of the commentary booth for Rampage. I will say that 
I don't like Mark Henry as a commentator, to be quite honest. I love Mark Henry to death. I really do. I love him, and I love his segments backstage as an analyst. You know what I mean? And doing those picture or screen-by-screen interviews with the main eventers ahead of their match. I love that segment. It really helps to give Rampage an identity. But as for him being on the commentary booth, you know, commentating, I don't like it. And I don't think he sounds good enough to be a commentator, to be quite honest. And perhaps, maybe they're phasing him out with this addition to the commentary team. That's my speculation, but I could be dead wrong. Probably just looking too much into it. <laughs> but um, I can dig it, nonetheless. I'm not sure what the Butcher and the Blade did to deserve a tag title match, but nonetheless, I, I can also dig this because it was a great match, and I actually like the Butcher and the Blade. They're real, they have a cool throwback look and feel about them, you know, especially on the part of the Butcher, who just looks like an old grizzle veteran that'll beat the brakes off of you if you merely look at him the wrong way. You love to see it. The Blade and Ray Phoenix would trade knuckle sandwiches in the center of the ring until Lucha Bros do what they do best, baby. And that's work in tandem, hitting multiple double team moves until the Butcher receives the tag. He begins to put the whooping on the Bros until they once again regain control of the matchup, sending their foes crashing to the outside. And then they would do this sick dive out of the ring in unison. You had Ray Phoenix hitting the ropes, coming back and doing, I, I believe, a swanton dive over the top rope. While Pentagon was on the top rope in the corner. And he did pretty much like a traditional crossbody type dive. Um, and you seen them jump at the same time and nail their opponents. It was a very cool visual. And that, you know, it won't surprise me if you see that in the intro video to Rampage at some point, you know what I'm saying? Or Dynamite for that matter, because that's just such a cool visual right there, seeing them diving like that. And they got very good height as well in their dive. When we come back from picture-in-picture picture commercial break, the competitors are back in the ring, and the Butcher and the Blade are now getting in some double-team offense, hitting a combination body slam. We get some very good storytelling toward the end of the match when the Butcher would tie up Pentagon in the corner using his very own mask against him. Essentially, the only way for Pentagon to get untied from the corner here is to take off his mask, which is sacrilege for luchadors, you know, for luchadors to do. The mask represents their identity. It represents their very heart and soul. So this is good storytelling. And the Butcher and the Blade, they would just beat the brakes off of Phoenix as Pentagon watches in misery there in the corner until he really does his Cerro Miedo shtick comes to life as he removes his mask. Again, guys, for a luchador, that's sacrilege, right? To remove your mask. That's like breaking kayfabe, if you will. You know what I mean? From an American perspective. that's the, You don't do that. You, you just don't take off your mask. It's a time-tested tradition in Mexican wrestling. Um, and so, of course, he takes off his mask. He super kicks the blade uh, to save his bro. You know what I mean? He's the big brother here. And... Um, <clears throat> Pentagon would be covering his face the whole time, of course. Phoenix would roll up the Butcher for the pinfall victory. In the post-match, a wild private party appears, assaulting the Lucha Bros in the ring. I keep forgetting that the Hardy family office stable 
uh, encompasses not only private party but also the butcher and the blade are affiliated with them apparently along with jack evans so because he was out there as well stomping on the lucha bros and that was until proud and powerful Santana and Ortiz showed up and cleaned house um, and tend to their longtime rivals. And you know, um, I said it before, I'll say it again, guys. Santana and Ortiz, proud and powerful. Lucha Bros. Tag Team Championship matchup. My goodness. Whenever that happens... That's gonna be that's gonna be a match for the ages. You want to talk about Lucha Bros and Young Bucks having chemistry? I'm telling you right now, Lucha Bros and Santana and Ortiz, they have a lot of chemistry as well. They're gonna tear the house down. I cannot wait. Um, we cut to a video package of Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega hyping up their big monumental dream match against each other coming up at Arthur Ashe next week on Dynamite Grand Slam. Now, this is a this is a good talking point here because a lot of people on Reddit were confused when this happened uh or not necessarily when this happened, but because it was advertised that we would hear from Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. So, that was advertised for Rampage. So, of course, people in the community thought that they were going to be in the ring face-to-face, -face, you know, once again to to hype up their match. But, alas, it ended up just being a video package. So, you know, hey, man, AEW, they got to do what they got to do to get them ratings, to get them them viewers. You know what I mean? And I, I, I'm all for it. They hyped it up. They, they advertised this as a... As they never said they were going to be in the ring. They just said, we will hear from Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. <laughs> and we did in a backstage video promo. So I can dig it. Um, you know, Rampage, obviously next week it's going to be a special edition going two hours. But this week, it's still the one hour Rampage show that we've been accustomed to. They don't have the time for that kind of stuff, guys. So Anna Jay with Ty Connie at ringside. As she takes on the bunny who is being supported by, once again, the Hardy family office making an appearance on the show. It will be Penelope, Penelope Ford, Jack Evans, and Matt Hardy who will be at ringside. Before the match even begins, the bunny bum rushes Anna Jay who would slam her ass to the mat on the outside. Upon getting back in the ring, Anna would then hit a nice release Northern Light Suplex. That's a move I ain't seen in a minute. That used to be one of my favorite moves to see executed as a kid. Especially when they hit the Northern Lights and they do that bridge pin. You know what I'm saying? It's a real cool visual. Um, but nonetheless... <clears throat> Before cutting to commercial break, the bunny manages to take control of the matchup. When we come back, shenanigans unfold, of course, as Pen Penelope <laughs> Penelope Ford gets atop the apron, distracting Anna Jay until Ty Conti pulls her down, which then distracts the bunny, to which Anna Jay would take advantage of and roll her up for the pinfall victory. In the post-match, Penelope Ford decks Anna Jay and Ty Conti with brass knuckles, and clearly, the crowd gave zero fucks, as do I. <laughs> and and speaking of giving zero fucks, Matt Hardy would then be interviewed in the ring by Tony Schiavone to build to his matchup with Orange Cassidy next week, as well as Anna Jay and Penelope Ford, their match next week, popping off. He then randomly attacks an, oh, 
supposedly an Orange Cassidy cosplaying fan at ringside. I use the word fan loosely. I'm pretty sure that was a plant. Um, it had to be. Um, nonetheless, they have they shave the fan's hair off until Orange Cassidy hits the ring and cleans house. So am, are they building to a hair versus hair match between Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy? I think that's a terrible idea. I mean, if a hair versus hair match transpires between Orange Cassidy and Matt Hardy, it better be Matt Hardy who gets his hair shaved. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because a bald Orange Cassidy is not something I want to see. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and I actually like, I dig the Orange Cassidy character. What can I say? I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think that he's... A, a very solid wrestler in the ring and his character is it's it's relatable at, at least for me you know in in, in certain aspects I, I just that chill cool guy demeanor you know what i mean that's that's what you want to be but um yeah if they're building to a hair versus hair match at full gear or i'm i'm guessing i don't know is it gonna happen at grand slam i don't know but yeah it better be matt hardy who gets his head shaved and i guess he introduces a brand new character i mean you know what i'm saying matt hardy he's like he's kind of like bray wyatt in a way they're so similar in how they have creative minds you know and to create multiple characters um with distinctions at that you know even though they, they'll play the same character but they're distinctively different from the prior character you know like the fiend he went from that from the cult leader character uh you know, and Matt Hardy, obviously, I don't have to say it, Broken Matt is just a very distinctive character, much different from Matt Hardy version one or the current Hardy Family Office character. So nonetheless, I, I yeah, they they better shave Matt's hair if they if they go forward with that. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD and Ruby Soho are in the ring for a face to face before their match next week. This was a great segment. I got to tell you right now. This is um the segment that won me over to Ruby Soho. I've been saying it for the last few weeks since All Out that Ruby Soho is going to have to show me something because I don't think she deserves to be in the ring with Britt Baker when you have Thunder Rosa, when you have Chris Statlander putting on a great match. And then Ruby Soho comes in and wins the Casino Battle Royal. And just like that, she's the number one ranked women's number one contender for the title. I, I didn't like that. But this segment right here is the one that finally won me over with Ruby Soho. And now I'm excited for their match. Um, Britt Baker, she would start the promo by taking shots at Ruby Soho. Surprise, surprise. Baker welcomes Soho to TV time. Again, this is another shot at her being stuck in catering in, in WWE. Very similar to her, her shot, her little cheap shot from last week. Um, Ruby Soho would reply by saying, Britt Baker is like anyone else I face. She is entitled and she's banging some dude in the back. And of course, the crowd was like, oh shit. You know what I'm saying? That was a big, big jab there. Next, Britt Baker would say, Ruby, you say you're a runaway, but you didn't run away. You got fired. And of course, Soho would retaliate saying, that's correct. But it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Now I'm here and now I'm going to whoop your ass. <laughs> Basically. Nah. Ruby Soho would say she's surprised she can see. or 
Ruby Soho would say she is surprised that Britt Baker could see with her head being so far up Tony Khan's ass. Baker then attempts to hit Soho with the title belt. And I got mad. I got mad when Britt Baker attacked Ruby Soho. And not because of the fact that she's attacking her, but because I knew that this would end the segment. I didn't want this segment to end. It was that good. It was such a good promo, such a good segment. I wanted it to keep going. The crowd was eating it up. Like, after every single jab that these ladies would take, the crowd each time was like, oh, and then, oh, a bigger one every time. You know what I mean? Like, they were just roasting each other, and it was awesome. So, yeah, when Britt Baker attacked Ruby Soho, I was like, oh, man, come on. I wanted this to keep going. Um, but nonetheless... Yeah, Soho, she would retaliate and, and they would back off. You know what I mean? They got to save it for the show coming up, man. Grand Slam. This is one of the matches I'm hyped for now. And this is why Britt Baker was or still is in my highlight reel rankings. Because she's embroiled in something exciting and she's doing fantastic work. And Ruby Soho, I got to say, she she nailed it, man. She, she hit the nail right here with this promo very well done mark henry is in the back doing his habitual interview with the main eventers in a screen by screen format real throwback kind of um he was interviewing both fuego del sol and miro henry would ask fuego if he's sure that he wants to put his brand new car on the line fuego del sol said that he was so close to winning last time, so he knows, you know, that he's got a chance. Miro says he took the match for his God above and for his wife below. <laughs> wow, I gotta tell you, Miro is, is next level right now with these promos. I gotta tell you, when, when Miro was Rusev back in the day in WWE... I didn't know that he could cut promos. In fact, I figured that's why Lana... His real-life wife was his mouthpiece because I didn't think he was really capable of cutting promos. Now you see him in AEW, and he's one of the best promos they have. But really, real talk. He was even able to hang with Eddie Kingston. And you know, if you could hang with Eddie Kingston cutting promos, then you know you're very talented and you, <laughs> you could cut a, good, a damn good promo because Eddie Kingston, he's second to none in the promo department so i gotta say man like i said uh, miro is firing on all cylinders and i wouldn't be mad if he drops the title to sammy guevara at full gear like i said and then sets his eyes on the aew championship at some point down the line maybe he could be adam page's opponent or rival brand new rivalry at some point you know the TNT Championship match pops off as Miro defends to Fuego del Sol. This was the classic David versus Goliath type matchup with Miro, the powerhouse, unable to get his hands on Fuego in the beginning because what he has in major size advantage, he lacks for in the speed and quickness department. Miro would finally grab hold of Fuego on the outside. He would actually toss Fuego del Sol literally over the front row of the audience which was funny to see. I, I, that, I mean, if I was sitting front row, I would have just had my phone recording the whole freaking thing. Probably would have got my phone knocked out of my hand. Um, but he would then hit Fuego with the fallaway slam. 
as well on the outside, which looked nasty, by the way. He got some height when he tossed Fuego for that followaway slam. This kid is really earning his paycheck, I gotta say. When we come back from commercial break, Fuego del Sol hits Miro with a step up in Sigiri. Um, he would also hit him with a double stomp. Miro is just getting back up off the mat as Fuego goes for the Tornado DDT. But alas, Miro is much too strong, too powerful for the little guy. He would outmuscle him and nail him with multiple Machka kicks for the pinfall victory. In the post-match, Miro has the car keys to Fuego's brand new Hyundai <laughs> and shoves them into Del Sol's mouth. Miro then puts the accolade on Del Sol, locks it in, and Sammy Guevara would run out to the ring to save his best friend from further damage. Miro leaves the ring mad as we go off the air, and now we have a brand new feud built up. Sammy Guevara and Miro for the TNT title. Take my money, sign me up. What can I say? I mean... Sammy, he's a young stud, man, and it's a shame that he didn't have a match at the All Out pay-per-view and didn't have any program or anything going on for him for quite some time now, ever since his little spat with Sean Spears. So, who incidentally, Sean Spears now seems to be feuding with Darby Allen. Um, so, they're trading, I guess, you know, Darby and Sammy, the two young studs, two two-fourths of the pillars of AEW. So, I can dig it, man. And, you know, I, I, I would imagine that Sammy and Miro could put on a good match. Because both guys are uber talented. Obviously, like, I've been putting over Miro big on this episode. Sammy Guevara, he is, he's got so much energy. He, he's, the sky is the limit for him. I know they're going to turn it to the next level and put on some great matches. And, like I said, I'll say it again. I'm actually hoping that Sammy beats Miro for the TNT championship at full gear just so that Miro could set his sights on the AEW championship the world championship I really think he's ready man he is ready he is absolutely credible he brings legitimacy uh it's perfect you know what I mean right now let's let Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson have the match of the freaking century come Grand Slam um We'll have Adam Page make his return and we'll have Adam Page take the title off of Kenny Omega at full gear the same night that Sammy Guevara takes the TNT title off of Miro. That's how I'd book it. That's how I'd do it. Let's play Fantasy Booker. I just did. <laughs> That's how I would do it. And maybe it's a good idea. Maybe it's a bad idea. Either way, I'm excited as all hell. Overall, AEW Rampage does what it continues to do best. Deliver a fast-paced, action-packed one hour of wrestling that absolutely flies by faster than OG Clark Kent. I mean, really, both Rampage and Dynamite, for that matter, neither show feels long enough. It's because I can't get enough of AEW. I need that video game to come out. You know what I'm saying? That, that AEW video game for the consoles... Um, seeing that footage of Jungle Boy now, you know, I mean, I think the graphics are great. I don't know. Some people are saying the graphics don't look up to par. Obviously, they're not going to be extremely good graphics right now. It's their first game, man. Not, not everything's going to be perfect. And, and also, clearly the gameplay indicates that it's going to be a faster pace. Uh, here comes the pain type of game. No mercy, you know, so... 
the graphics can't be like WWE 2K if they're going to go that gameplay route. And I absolutely love it. That's Those are the mechanics we need back for wrestling games. That simulation stuff, it's too robotic. It's too, like, forced. And it just feels unnatural to me. In spite of the fact that it's supposed to be a simulation. I don't play video games to simulate real life. I play video games to escape real life. <laughs> okay? So, either way, man, um... Yeah, it's um, I'm excited for that. I love this company. You know, what can I say? Two thumbs up for Rampage in spite of the bunny <laughs> having a match. Attempting to wrestle a match, I should say. But the Lucha Bros, the Butcher and the Blade, and Miro absolutely make this show a must-watch. Because really, everything Miro does is fucking fantastic at this point. It makes up for any blemish on the show tenfold. Uh, two thumbs up, man. AEW Rampage. In the new section, we're going to run it down once again, man. The Plane Ride from Hell, Ric Flair, Tommy Dreamer. I got the exact quote in the new section. I was able to get it there as mentioned above. Also, John Cena's catastrophic failure. His own words. I'll delve into that. Christopher Daniels was backstage at another wrestling promotion. Okay, and after the news, I'm going to get you the wrestler of the week, which is Britt Baker. After this, let's get it. A Ric Flair ad campaign come, comes to a screeching halt. And I would imagine that this is one of many... Quite frankly, after that scathing Dark Side of the Ring, Plane Ride from Hell episode, Ric Flair has participated in a variety of ads and promos for various products. I myself personally have seen him on Instagram pretty much every single week promoting Flex Pro meals <laughs> along with Kali Muscle and several other uh celebrities however car shield ad campaigns have been put on the shelf due to that plane ride from hell episode car shield would make a statement to pw insiders mike johnson saying quote unquote we take these matters very seriously as of right now we are pausing the campaign with rick flair and we will do our due diligence Speaking of Ric Flair's Dark Side of the Ring episode, he has been denying the incident between him and flight attendant Heidi Doyle, saying that it never occurred. As recently as earlier this week on oral sessions with Renee Paquette, I'm actually going to listen to that right after this um, to get a feel on that because I, I got I to gotta see what he says or how this even comes up. I guess they knew this episode was due and they talked about it. So we'll see. How, we'll see. Um, and he would say, quote unquote, we'll see how it plays out because I was there and I don't care whose name I got to drop if the heat falls on me. I know who was where and what took place. I know the whole story. Well, evidently, Mr. Flair, Rob Van Dam also knows the whole story because he was there and he saw you put this flight attendant's hand on your genitals. Now sit down. You know what I'm saying? There ain't no denying this nor justifying this. See, this is what I don't like right here. When people like Tessa Blanchard, like Ric Flair, and I'm assuming like Tommy Dreamer, he has yet to speak, but 
like these people who get accused of something, something terrible, quite frankly, and they deny it completely, in spite of the fact that multiple people, more than one person, is accusing you of the damn thing, of the thing in question, and you're going to deny it, you're going to play stupid, and oh no, that absolutely did not happen, they're, they're just... You know, like Tessa Blanchard thinking that it's a conspiracy against her. That all these ladies are just trying to sabotage her for whatever reason. Come on, man. You know, at some point, if multiple people are accusing you of the same thing, then you have no credibility. You know, you can't sit there and say that all six or seven or eight of these people are all lying on you. You know what I mean? There, there's, there's just no way. You know, so... Yeah, man, this is um very disappointing, to say the least. Very, very disappointing. And as mentioned earlier, let's get to this. At the top of the pod, I mentioned Tommy Dreamer's ridiculous comments, super ignorant comments. Um, and indeed, he has been indefinitely suspended by Impact Wrestling for his comments on Dark Side of the Ring. Um, Impacts would release a statement to John Pollock of post-wrestling. They said, quote-unquote, We are aware of Mr. Laughlin's, which is Tommy Dreamer's real last name, comments on Dark Side of the Ring. The views expressed by him in the interview are completely unacceptable. We can confirm that Mr. Laughlin, Mr. Dreamer, was suspended this morning with immediate effect pending further action. Let's run down now the two quotes from the show by Mr. Tommy Dreamer. He would say, quote-unquote, I feel he, this is trying to portray someone as a sexual predator, and it's not. It's a joke. It's a gag. Today, it's 1,000% inappropriate. My hairstyle is inappropriate right now. I'm somehow offending someone right now with my double ponytail. How dare I have two ponytails? My answer is I'm 50 years old and I'm happy I have hair. If you're asking me, I've hung out with Ric Flair. I've never seen him try to force his will onto anyone. Then in regards to Heidi Doyle feeling sexually violated, he would say, quote unquote, If that's how she felt, maybe she should have not taken a payout and went to the fullest extent of the law to then truly put this heinous person in jail. That's my opinion. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. That's all I got to say. I, I don't know how this man lacks self-awareness to say something like that on national TV for the world to see. I don't even have cable and I saw it. <laughs> and I don't know how you can be so ignorant when you have over 20 plus years in this business and i mean i mean fuck the business right now we're, we're talking about you know a woman being sexually violated you know and and then those kind of words come out of your mouth i never would have expected tommy dreamer to say something like that like i said like i, I gotta say it one uh, once again i listened to him on busted open radio with Dave LaGreca and Bully Ray and Mark Henry. And Tommy Dreamer, at least in the beginning, he seemed to me to be one of the most intelligent, you know, people there is. I mean, 
how can something so stupid come out of his mouth? Unbelievable. That's something that I, I'm just shocked. You know what I even reading that right now for this podcast, just reading that. It's you know, I'm a day removed. I watched the show yesterday. You know what I'm saying? I watched it um yesterday, but after Rampage, but I still I'm 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 shocked that something like that would come out of Tommy Dreamer's mouth. That is crazy. And the way he said it, like I said, the way he said it, like the face he made, you know. It's unbelievable, bro. Unbelievable. And speaking of unbelievable, a John Cena project is a catastrophic failure. His own words, John Cena collaborated with WWE to design and release a John Cena NFT. Now, for those who don't know, an NFT stands for non-fungible token, which basically means it's a unique digital item slash currency that cannot be replaced with something else. Typically, NFTs are digital artworks. I know the NBA has been selling insane amounts of their own like NFTs or blockchains, which are literally just like little video highlights of famous plays, slam dunks, three-pointers that won a crucial game, for an example. Now, in theory, these digital investments could, in the future, become what trading cards are today. So, of course, a lot of people are trying to get ahead of the game, you know what I'm saying, and invest in these, these NFTs and blockchains and what have you. But nonetheless, John Cena's NFT, <laughs> you want to know how much it sold? It sold a whopping 37. <laughs> and not, not 3,700, not 37,000, but 37, 37. That's it. <laughs> now, just to give you some perspective, The Undertaker actually had an NFT released himself during the Survivor Series event in which he retired, had his, you know, his send-off and everything. And it sold out in 17 seconds raking in over $132,000 in profit. John Cena would be interviewed during a Q&A session in Florida at Supercon, where he was questioned about the NFT debacle and why it had a price tag of $1,000. He said, quote-unquote, it's a catastrophic failure. I, I talk a lot about failure. This idea failed. Why was it $1,000? Because me and the folks at WWE thought it was a fair price point. We were wrong. We were absolutely wrong. And it's okay to swing big. It's okay to be wrong. And, and it's okay to take chances. But when you are wrong and do fail, and you have a moment where you can learn, you learn. Course correct. Move forward. Grow. I, <laughs> I I really admire John Cena's positive attitude, his positive mindset. A man of his stature as far as, you know, being a success in not just wrestling, but now in Hollywood, doing the Fast and the Furious movies. And I mean, he was, pfft, come on, you know, John Cena is the Hulk Hogan of, of the modern era in wrestling, you know. And for him to have a project like this fail so massively. I mean, they, they, they sold 37 of those NFTs. Ain't no telling how much they released. I did not see that mentioned in the article. Um, 
the fact that they were priced at a thousand dollars i want to know how much undertaker's nft was priced at because i know these things could get very very expensive guys they could get very expensive but nonetheless uh i i think it's safe to say that john cena won't be <laughs> collaborating with wwe on releasing any more nfts anytime soon christopher daniels is in the news the Fallen Angel was reportedly at the most recent tapings of Impact Wrestling. Of course, there was speculation that he was there to wrestle a match, but this was not confirmed. His last match was back in May when he and Frankie Kazarian lost an AEW Tag Team title matchup against the Bucks. And of course, they had a little stipulation where if the SEU members lose the match, they would not be a tag team tandem anymore and they haven't since then they've stayed they've stuck true to that um although christopher daniels has not wrestled anymore not even as a singles competitor so it remains to be seen if he ever gets back in the ring again i do like christopher daniels man and it's interesting that he was backstage at the impact wrestling tapings obviously he is a tna wrestling alumni that's the former name of impact wrestling TNA wrestling back in the day, man. I remember the fallen angel Christopher Daniels getting engaged in feuds with AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and just having excellent matches with those cats. So it was very cool to see him uh, or to hear at least that he was there at the Impact Wrestling tapings. Now, why he was there, that's the ultimate question. Was he there perhaps just visiting, just... Uh, you know, saying what's up to old friends and whatnot. Or perhaps he was scouting talent, maybe. I mean, he is. A lot of people don't realize this, but Christopher Daniels is actually the head of talent relations for AEW. You know what I mean? So <laughs> Christopher Daniels essentially is AEW's version of... Um, what's his name? That dude, everybody makes fun of his raspy voice. Johnny Ace right people power <laughs> so yeah i mean it's interesting you know perhaps he was there scouting talent uh i wouldn't be surprised now if we see any more tna guys in aew within the coming weeks we got grand slam popping off y'all it's coming up next week so only time will tell let's get into the wrestler of the week brick baker stands at five foot seven she weighs 121 pounds from Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, trained by the likes of Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. Britt Baker isn't one of those wrestlers who grew up with the sole dream of becoming a professional wrestler. No, Britt Baker had multiple aspirations, multiple dreams, and multiple desires, and she has accomplished every single one of them. Britt Baker studied behavioral medicine with a minor in human development and family studies at Pennsylvania State University. But one of her biggest goals in life was to become a certified dentist. In June of 2014, she would enroll in the University of Pittsburgh School of Dentistry. That very same year, she also enrolled in a professional wrestling school known as International Wrestling Cartel Training Academy where she would train under the tutelage of Super Hentai and Marshall Gambino. 
Though she spent the next few years cutting her teeth on the indies and even appearing on WWE Monday Night Raw as a jobber, getting squashed in a match against Nia Jax, she would become the IWC Women's Champion by defeating April Sarah, Marty Bell, and Sonya Strong in a four-way elimination match on December 10th, 2016. On September 1st of 2018, Baker would participate in a four-way match against Madison Rain, Chelsea Green, and Tessa Blanchard at the historic All-In pay-per-view. And though she would lose the matchup, that same year, she would graduate from the University of Pittsburgh School of Dental Medicine, obtaining her license to become a certified dentist. On January 2nd of 2019, Britt Baker would receive a contract from the brand new wrestling promotion known as All Elite Wrestling. She was the company's first contracted female wrestler. Her debut for the startup company would be in another four-way matchup, this time one in which she would defeat Nyla Rose, Kylie Ray, and Awesome Kong at the Double or Nothing pay-per-view on May 25th of that year. Britt Baker would suffer a legitimate concussion in her next big bout, which was at the Fight for the Fallen event, in which she competed in a tag team match alongside Riho against Shoko Nakajima and Bia Priestley, who is responsible for Baker receiving said concussion due to a stiff kick to the head, which propelled Britt Baker and Bia Priestley into an on-screen rivalry from that point on. Britt Baker would go on to defeat Bria Priestley at the Full Gear pay-per-view. At Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Second Wave, which would air on Dynamite on January 22nd of 2020, Britt Baker would commence a heel turn following her victory of Priscilla Kelly. She would engage in a feud with the then AEW brand new talent, Big Swole, whom defeated Britt Baker at her actual dental office in what was billed as a tooth and nail match at the All Out pay-per-view. In November of 2020, however, Britt Baker would be feuding with her greatest rival to date, one Thunder Rosa, whom she defeated at the Beach Break event on February of 2021. The feud would conclude on March 17th, main eventing an episode of Dynamite in an unsanctioned lights-out match, which Thunder Rosa would be victorious. This was the first time two women main evented an All Elite Wrestling event. On May 30th, Britt Baker defeated Hikaru Shida at Double or Nothing to become the AEW Women's Champion. She has been champion ever since and has had her greatest run in professional wrestling yet. While Britt Baker is currently killing it in professional wrestling, she is, in fact, a member of the American Dental Association and continues to practice dentistry. Employed as a dentist by a private practice in Winter Park, Florida, she has stated that she intends to continue her career as a dentist alongside her wrestling career and afterwards, she has an agreement with her employing dental office for it to remain closed on Wednesdays to allow her to travel for AEW Dynamite. Truly an extraordinary woman. I want to thank you very much for joining me on the highlight reel, y'all. Got a little heated there with the <laughs> plane ride from hell stuff earlier. 
I can't wait to listen back, <laughs> see how I sound, trying to rant on you, as well as my patented narrator voice for the wrestler of the week, which I enjoy doing. It's a lot of fun. Um, I will be back, of course. You know the deal, man. Dynamite, Rampage, Grand Slam. It's going down next week. Oh, my goodness. Are we in for perhaps the greatest wrestling show of all time at least as far as free tv goes we might very well be i'll talk about it after it transpires don't forget to wash your hands and don't forget to wash your ass tip your waitresses i'm out you